the British Empire and the French Republic, linked together in their cause and in their need, will defend to the death their native soil, aiding each other like good comrades to the utmost of their strength. We shall go on to the end. We shall fight in France. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. And if, which I do not for a moment believe, this island or a large part of it were subjugated and starving, then our empire beyond the seas, armed and guarded by the British fleet, would carry on the struggle until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation. giving you the matter of facts welcome to the global recon podcast i'm your host john hendricks this episode was co-hosted by chantel taylor we had a conversation with u.s army veteran Derek carver uh Derek served in the army and was wounded on an operation in afghanistan he's done some really cool things since then and he continues to inspire people uh, all over the world, really. And he's a really interesting guy. And we talked about a lot of things, uh, including, you know, his background, his story, and then, you know, things that made him a better person, uh, things that made him a better leader, that kind of thing. And it was just really cool and fascinating. And you guys are going to like it. So before we get into that, uh, there was a... A terrorist attack in London today. Uh, they're calling it the worst attack in more than a decade, with uh, four people left dead, including the assailant and a police officer that he stabbed. And there's at least 20 people injured. Uh, the location of this attack, it began on uh, Westminster Bridge. So he, he ran a few people over and then crashed into a fence outside of parliament and he got out and attempted to uh, stab people and he stabbed one police officer and then he was uh, shot and killed. Uh, so our condolences go out to the the family of the victims of this attack. Um, you know, this is the new normal, I guess, and it's something that you know, being vigilant and being aware and always kind of being prepared could really make the difference. Um, and, you know, like I said, we sent our condolences out to the families of those who were, who were killed today. And, you know, all we can say is to, to be alert and, um, you know, do your best to maybe get some training, some hand to hand combat training. If you have access to firearms, uh, 
get some firearm training, uh, you know, learn about uh, TCCC, bleeding control. Uh, all of these things could increase your survivability in situations like this. And it, it really is life-saving and it could be life-changing as well. And uh, one of the other things that we talked about on the podcast was uh, a new uh, war museum was uh, opened up in London and Chantel was a part of the unveiling and she met the Queen of England and a few other people and it was really cool. And we spoke about some of that on the podcast as well. So uh, with that being said, now I'll play the conversation that I had with Chantel Taylor and Derek Carver. What's up, guys? This week, we got a good couple of people on here. We got Chantel Taylor co-hosting, and Derek Carver is on the podcast. What's up, everybody? How you doing? Hey, Jim. I'm good. I'm good. So, Chantel, you had an interesting day. Um, you want to tell us about your day? Yeah, should we get straight into that? Yeah. Um, so today, um, I had the honor of meeting the Queen, the Queen of England. Um, she was opening uh, the National Army Museum. Which I, which is weird. I'm now an exhibit in there, which sounds odd. You know, like is it a statue? Is it yeah. a statue? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was, no. I was picture like kind of like British people in like formal attire, like with their cups of tea, like. <laughs> like I don't know. Like you make it sound like, like is it like? Do they unfill? Is it like a picture or is it like? Right. So there's a, obviously it's a, it's a museum. So there's lots of exhibits. And I have I just make up part of the soldiers exhibit. So there's like a um, an interactive interview, some pictures, and then some quotes from my book. But anyway, it's not about me. It's about the Queen, Derek. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's not make this about me. And then uh, so then she yeah. So I was then presented to her, which was and this is the funny thing. So you think of all the things you're going to say to the Queen, and she said, you know, are you? She asked me if I was still serving because it's like. I suppose it's polite small talk. And then I, the only thing I can conjure up is, no, you know, I'm actually I'm part of an exhibit here, Mom. I've just stood there like a, like a kind of shell-shocked. And, and I'm not that sort of person. But when you meet her, seriously, it just it kind of throws all that out the window. Even if you think you're cool, you suddenly just become like, wow, you're 90. Not so cool, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it was brilliant, by the way. Yeah, awesome. So, like, what, what did you want to say to her? I don't know. I don't like, did you want to get into like some like philosophical debate with her? No. Or did you just want to be like, no, be honest. Like, well, do you know, it's funny. I wanted to. I almost wanted her to know that there were people like me still out there, and that's going to sound with you know with all the shit that's going on in the world, and and people like her of that age, and this is all generations of that age must just look and think, what the fuck's going on with the world and these and people, you know, the way that people sort of conduct themselves, and I just wanted to maybe reassure her that. There's still lunatics like me running around, you know, and that's that's like, not a bad thing. And and forgive my ignorance as an American, yeah. but like like uh, politicians have no idea in the United States what it is like being normal, like middle class American. Like, are they at least like do they have like a the are they like in tune with the middle class of the country, or are they just like outside the hemisphere so far that they have no idea? Well, I think, like, initially, the Queen, because we were, you know, when she was first took the throne, we were, you know, during a, a war fighting period. So she kind of, you know, Buckingham Palace got bombed and stuff. And I don't think they're completely in tune with um, the lower classes. But I'll say this, is that every time she presents someone with an award, she memorizes their citation. And this could be like, 
she could give out 20 awards in one day, and I'm talking about military crosses and things like that, and she memorises the citation of each soldier. You know, and then she yeah, just gets, awesome. you know, she gets a buzzword, so a PA or, you know, assistant will say that word, and then she knows who it is, and I, that's incredible. Yeah, I can't so, even remember people's name and passing. No, exactly. I'm yeah. the same, so yeah. Yeah, I forget cool. what I went to the store for, so that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it was a big day. And she's 90? Yeah, she's 91 this year. Ugh. I wonder if she'll send herself a card, because when you hit 100, you get a... I wonder at what point she could just start doing whatever she wanted, and people were like, it's, she's 100, she's the queen. You know she's what I mean? She's lost it, yeah. Yeah, yeah just doing... <laughs> <laughs> but she's got to be one of the more popular queens, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> no. but what, what she's so cute as well. She's tiny. You know, when you, she's so small. I felt yeah. quite protective. Everybody over. at a hundred, like she was like, I know. Two, she lived through the great depression. Like nobody was, I don't think they had obesity in the 1930s. <laughs> yeah, <it's> <laughs> <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> you know what's crazy though, is I will say like, I went to London and uh, Manchester in August for the world's strongest uh, adaptive athlete competition. Like it's oh, like, wow. yeah, it's like the world's strongest man, but for like, disabled people or adaptive athletes or cripples or whatever the proper nomenclature is in the UK. But uh, <laughs> like I'd never been before and I was actually shocked by a few things. One, uh, the wrong side of the road thing, I, that I would get in a car wreck. Like I, like there's no, no, like, yeah. like I don't even like drunk driving would be like, it's stupid to begin with, but it's impossible in the UK. And then like, <laughs> um, and then like there was no kids. I didn't, there was like no, there was no kids outside. And I don't know if it was because August and that's when everybody goes away, but I didn't see a lot of kids. And the last thing I noticed is it reminded me of the nineties in America. Yeah. It's like everybody, nobody's like, everybody's like kind of like, they kind of fit into their little niche and it's not like in America where everybody's trying to be different about everything. You know what I mean? It was like, I don't know. It reminded me of like married with children, but like classy. Yeah, I used to love that show. Yeah. Al, Al Bundy, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. imagine trying to get that aired today with the shit he said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. Oh my god, there'd be no fucking way. Like, no. Not with the snowflakes we have now. And that's it's you know it's changed, isn't it? That we're kind of facing that oh, now. Yeah, big time, man. It's it's and and some of it like you see some of the stuff online, and I'm I'm like this has to be like satire, but. Some of it, like you tell, like these people are fucking serious. But oh, I saw, I saw a fucking thing on someone was trans disabled. Like, they, <laughs> like I'm like, fucking, fucking kidding me? Like you have nothing better to do but sit at home and pretend to be in a wheelchair. Like, and they wouldn't give them a handicap tag or something, so they were like pissed off about it. And I'm like, bro, you cut your leg off and you can have my fucking tag. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? It blows my mind that people are this bored to where we have these real, like, these are considered real problems. Yeah. And- yeah. Well, you know, it's like super fucking, super duper first world problems because there's some people oh, out there yeah. who really have, like, serious fucking problems. Oh, I tell people all the time, like, there's children in Africa sleeping on the dirt floor in a mud hut without a meal. Like, what kind of bad day are you having? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Get the hell out of here. There's American sleep doing that shit, and you're, like, talking about how, you're, I don't know, you're... Yeah, you're right. Like, people, they see it's like, um, 
you know, you're, they're handpicking their causes now. Oh, if it suits oh, my, yeah. if it suits my coffee morning, or it suits my, yeah, you know, it's pathetic. Actually, and we've, bro- we've broken our causes down to such microcosms to yeah. have every microaggression that everything's now a cause. Like before, it was gay rights. Now it's like. We've broken that down into 45 subcategories to the point of now, like, Canada's got a whole new fucking alphabet. Like, are you, like, yeah. to address, like, like gender identities, like Z and fucking queen. And you're like, oh, my God. Oh, like, yeah, they got, like, uh, there was this chick. She really? Did a, she did a video. I swear to God, this is this is Canada. Like, ah. Uh. Yeah, there was this chick did a video, and, and she's like, I forgot exactly what the hell she was saying, but she was saying something like, you know, just because I'm born as a woman doesn't mean I'm a woman. I, you know, I am what gender I, I want to be. And I'm like, what the fuck? In the moment. Like? Yeah, in the moment. So it changes. So, like, you know, you're having a bad day and you're pissing. You become a fucking a queen. And if you're fucking having a really good day and you got a heart on, you're a quiet. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, like we're, it's 2017 and fucking people are waking up and they don't know what bathroom to go in. Like, I understand these are legitimate problems, but like. But where do they get the time? Like, if, if that's my day, I get up, I do PT, and then I don't find the time to think, oh, you know, and See, like that's say, the what gender though, am I going like, to be military, today? Military people have a completely different outlook on things because we've been to shitty places and picked up. We've been we, and we've exceeded and done shitty things to where like we have perspective. Whereas like when you grow up in that that secure, like let's be honest, especially in the United States, but we live in a bubble, yeah. and that bubble is provided by we've es- essentially established a, a, like a military class within the United States because our military is now generational. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's primarily from the Midwest and the South. So when you have a generational military like that, like we have a warrior class, and like it's just. Like they're not, it's not, we're not permeating into the public to like, kind of like keep that big picture reality in check because dudes don't want to deal with it anymore. Like dudes aren't getting involved in politics and that's our own fault. So that's kind of, that's kind of the tide that's changing right now is like military people are dealing with their own bullshit and then also pushing into the bigger picture to be like, this is not fucking normal. Like we, these aren't real problems. Like let's keep a perspective. Right. And that's that's kind of like the new direction that I guess some of us are trying to go with things. Well, so Chantal, is it because uh, like I see some videos of like Parliament in the UK, and, and I guess you have like your right wingers, left wingers, just like we have it here. Yeah. But I see. I, I think like people in the left in the UK are very, very, very left, right? Yeah. Well, and we've got to the stage now. It's almost like the the left want to drag us back so it's almost like they've gone that far left they're almost hitting the right if that makes sense because what they don't want they they can't see you know i always think this i always think soldiers just by our very nature where we've been have become quite liberal without even realizing in a good way you know we socially we've seen things. i would say socially, yeah. like yeah you're right like what we're willing to talk in a good way yeah exactly yeah we're quite open we don't, we don't give a shit who if like the dude exactly right his husband and i i don't care as long as he does his job and pulls care exactly yeah and that's that's my point so we've got to that point where you know we, we put things into perspective but the far left have now got to the point where they will not listen to anybody you know, it's, it's almost like, no, you, you're either, you know, you got, you're labeled racist, um, yeah. homophobic. And I, yeah. no, and I just think, what, where's that from? It's from it's the United because, States. Because, yeah. And it's sad. <laughs> I mean, but the problem is, is like, I, like the, the, the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats is nothing in the United States. Like our left and right, like if, if Kaiser Permanente or whoever, or some pharmaceutical company gives donates a billion dollars to the Democrats for their for their national candidate and then nine hundred and eighty million dollars to the Republicans for their national candidate. 
who really loses? Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. their agenda is covered. That's $2 billion knowing that their quarterly profits are going to be $4 billion. Right. So who fucking cares? Yeah, you know, right. and like there's bigger problems and we're picking these bullshit social issues to focus on. Like they're using the military as social change rather than to kill people. Like, yeah, like we can't win a war if we can't go fight a war. You want us to go babysit assholes? That's not fucking our job. Yeah. You know, and that's why we're stuck in these conundrums where it's like, well, let's let women into combat. Let's 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 do this. Let's do this. And that's all detracting from the real fucking systemic problem. And again, I had the same conversation today, and it was um, someone asked me that um, at this uh, museum about women in combat. I said, right. I said, the thing is, I said, you've got, you've got enough men in, in the military, and you've got enough women in the military, so what you don't need to create are more men. Now, if, if, if a situation arises where a female soldier needs to be put in a position that potentially you know, is a, a really dangerous position, she should be trained accordingly, but what I don't understand is why are we trying to create more men i don't, I don't know if you'll understand what i'm saying but yeah I'm a, well, I'm a woman and i add value as a woman as a female medic and it's not right. because you know I'm, I'm that's my job but i'm not trying to be a, a man medic does that make sense yeah I just, in, it's almost like I, you're, you're just talking about you don't have anything to fucking prove you're not going out there with no, an agenda. Yeah. you're just doing a job and if that job's dangerous then train me accordingly right. yeah exactly that's, that's that's what we like to call in america being reasonable yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> and like I can. But if it's the like, tick boxes, I don't like the fact that they're doing that. Is it? The, the, well, the that's Brits... the fucking problem. Is they yeah. check boxes and they lower standards, and it's to accommodate an agenda rather than uh, accomplish a mission. Right. And what? And what's worse, all that good work that's been done by women, by American women in Iraq, Afghanistan, will be undone because they're setting oh, people yeah. up to fail, and it, it fucking pisses me off. And they highlight these, these accomplishments of women as, as like triumphant moments to justify every other woman to come behind them that's not that individual just to fail. And then yeah. you're, you're and not – Then what, then what yeah. happens? And then you're left to like what? She gets reclassed and has to deal with her career? Is that chick that you – know, yeah. you're you're not, like you said, you're not setting anybody up for success. And, and oh, I've, by the way, we're fighting two fucking wars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in the middle of that. Let's, yeah. let's prioritize our shit. Like, do we give a fuck about this right now or are we trying to win wars? And that's the big, that's the big problem for a lot of American vets is like, I don't fucking care if a chick has a ranger tab. But what I do care about is the person next to me doesn't take away from the mission. Right. And yeah. right now, having a set of titties takes away from the mission in Afghanistan. Is it fair? No. But neither is the fact that, like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Women are born fucking different than men. Don't blame me because you guys are smaller, weaker, and slower generally than men. That's, that's your beef with Jesus, not me. I'm just trying to do a job. So, I mean, and the truth is, is like there's women out there that win yeah, my I, ass. I feel like you're on the fence with this, Derek. I, I feel like I, want, I really want to hear your thoughts. Like, I am on the fence because like at the end of the day, like, do I give a shit? No. But if it costs one dude his life to prove a point that a woman could do it, then yeah, I have a problem with it. Like, I've, and we, that is it, proving points. You know, it's, yeah. And it's, it's not the time to, you know, and that's what I'm saying. It's almost like you know, there's certain things that, that I had to do in it. In, and I didn't fail, but it's because I was sort of trusted. But I, I built up to that. I didn't just join in that happened. You know, I'd, and, and I'd served for over 10 years. Been, and think about how easy it would have been. One mistake and you would have lost 10 years worth of credibility. Yeah, One exactly. So, and that's a lot so of it's pressure almost, for people. It is a lot of pressure. And I think, I, I hate this saying, but it works. It's that slowly, slowly catchy monkey where, you know what? We're progressing at, you know, speedy knots. So... And there's no, there's nothing wrong with going at the pace we're going. I don't understand what the big rush is. 
You know, the, no. the big rush to because the thing is, what, what's no joke? Gratification. Everybody wants yeah. instant gratification. Like, well, I can do it. So then every other woman, it's just like, well, look, maybe you're the special case, and maybe you do get the short end of the stick. But you know what? Like, so is the dude that gets hit by a rocket on patrol. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how life goes. Life's inherently not fair. Like, and that's the problem. People aren't learning how to cope with just being told no. <laughs> yeah, no, they do, and it's, that's that's the thing. There's. Um, and again, there's so many other things in the world to worry about, isn't there? Right. Like, you know, like, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's 39 degrees and I live on the beach in Virginia. It should be warmer. Like, that's a real problem right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, last week we had, um, it was warm out. Yeah, it's like 82 degrees a week ago. Yeah, and now it's like, I'm fucking freezing. Like, what the fuck? Right. I, I'm not American, but don't let me make you, uh, me call you two bitches because I live in the UK <laughs> and it's fucking cold. Hey, they said, like, they said, like, <laughs> we were there for worlds. It was like the most beautiful weather they had in years. It was like four straight days of no rain, mid 70s. <laughs> I was like, this is awesome. They're like, it's never fucking like this. Like, oh, yeah, well. that's it. <laughs> I will say though, like I was disappointed with the UK as a whole. I thought medical marijuana would, or weed would be a lot more accessible. Oh um, right, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure that we've sort of taken off with that no, yet. I, mean, I mean, it was easy to get. Don't get me wrong, but it just wasn't very like. It, I mean, strong. It, it, no, it was awesome. It was from Amsterdam. Like I still don't even remember what happened most of that day. <laughs> like, same time, like, uh, but what's your background, Derek? What's your um, military stuff? Oh, uh, I uh, I enlisted in 2005. I commissioned in 2007. Uh, oh, you were an officer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. See, even the British enlisted have that same, oh, well, go fuck yourself. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, I had a, I don't know, I, I call it a, a successfully, like, mediocre military career. I deployed. I did the whole airborne um, thing, Rangers yeah. school, uh, infantry school. Went to Bragg with 82nd, uh, not a big runner. So uh, ended up deploying with them. And then I was opening a school in Afghanistan in January 2010 and uh, for Afghans in our area. And we were ambushed, and I got hit with uh, what they think is a 107, a, one, a 107 millimeter rocket. Yeah. And it actually blew through uh, my left leg completely into my right leg. And then uh, I'm missing part of my index finger, uh, my left elbow, and then two of my fingers on my right hand are fused. And then I have uh, my left legs amputated all the way up. Uh, right leg's sure. got like 50% soft tissue damage. And then I have like shrapnel, about 300 pieces from my hips, to, uh, my knee to my hip, and then arm and face. Like, I find new pieces all the time, especially now that I'm, like, losing a little bit of weight, not as fat. Like, it's a little bit more noticeable. So I'm, like, ribbed for your pleasure. What? So you <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have, what, like, the shrapnel is, like, coming out of your, your skin? Oh, oh, yeah. No, you can see it and feel it. Like, it's, like, I got this piece that's, like, the size of a nickel that's in my thigh that's, like, straight protruding in a huge lump. Like, you can look at it touch it. I've... I've pulled uh I've pulled seven six two rounds out. I've pulled uh like I've pulled like chunks of metal out. I've pulled uh, pieces as big as like a I don't know, like a a lighter. Uh yeah, it's just crazy like uh the shit that falls out of you when you get hit by a rock. Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. So like and Were you lucky to survive, Derek? 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, every, some people say, hey, you're, like, lucky, and it just looks at perspective. Like, you know, like, there was seven of them, and it was daisy-chained into a complex ambulance. So, like, soldiers, oh, soldiers died, and I had wounded. Like, I... I uh, lucky to survive, yeah. Lucky to have been in the situation. Eh, you know, yeah. that was a bad day at work. Yeah, that is and, rough. And how how long ago was that? You said that was like seven years ago. Yeah, it's almost crazy. I was looking at myself in the mirror, secretly flexing after a shower and good lighting. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I told, I told my girlfriend. Uh, I said, I, I don't even remember what my left leg looks like. You know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Like it's I, I don't even remember not being an amputee anymore, and like it was only seven years ago. But it's it's like it's such an adjustment to your life and your perspective and how you approach things. Like right, right. yeah, like you kind of like I was probably a raging asshole when I had two legs. You know what I mean? So now I'm just like an asshole with an excuse. So I don't believe I don't, that you're ever an asshole. Oh yeah, (laughs) I like called people when I when I after I got blown up. Like I called people from high school to like apologize and like hit them up on Facebook. And like one kid was still legitimately fucking pissed. He was like, "Like fuck you, you made high school miserable. I fucking hit you." And I'm like, "All right, bro. Like never mind. I blocked him." So like getting shot from a distance. Like look for that guy. Wow. Right, so and you were so eighty second airborne, right? So I was chatting to a guy the other day. I my last posting was sixteen air assault brigade, and obviously the guys, generally from the parachute regiment battalions, they do do a lot of work with eighty second airborne, I believe. Yeah, I to be honest, yeah. I was at Fort Bragg for like a grand total of like three months before we deployed, and I've been yeah. there a total of like three times. I spent more time recovering at Walter Reed than I spent at Bragg, and I spent as much time at Binning, because I, after I got blown up, I was RTD. Uh, I went back as an operations officer at 4th Ranger Training Battalion. Oh, wow. So I was like an assistant instructor at Ranger School. So like, I was that guy that like, talked shit to the Rangers like with one leg. I don't know. It was like a good gig to phase out on, you know? Yeah, definitely. And where were you um, when you got hit? Afghanistan? Yeah, I was uh, just outside. You know, uh, I don't know. You ever, like, uh, just outside Kandahar. Like, there were Brits there. They weren't in our area. But, like, uh, Argandab River Valley. I was right there outside of Jelawar, across from Charbol on the riverbed. Yeah, and, you know, Kandahar was that place where, I think, in the early days, it was almost... um, I remember the the very first initial a rocket attack on the the, the big air base, CAF Air Base. Yeah, CAF and is then where I had just my went, first two surgeries. Yeah, yeah, it just went wild. Was it the, were the Canadians was, there was, in the hospital? Yeah, event? I was actually task orged under the Canadians. Right, well, uh, there you go. The Princess Persians and then the French Canadians came in, and I remember sitting through a fucking meeting with French Canadians. I didn't speak a fucking word of French, and <laughs> like I was just I was like, yep, all right, cool, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> So, I can just imagine you're you just seen like the pictures I've I've seen of you, your menacing face, and obviously now hearing your voice just going into one of those briefings, <laughs> just like, like what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you know what's shitty about this situation is like you always grow from like shitty events in your life and perspective and mm. stuff, and like I didn't realize I didn't like I was like I say I was like a subpar officer like because of my peers and like where I was, but like. Generally, like I didn't figure out what I was, how to be a good officer until I was already out of the fucking army. So now I'm making it a point to figure out what I'm doing now and how to be successful at it in the future. Right? You know what I mean? And it's yeah. just, it's just because like 
the way you prioritize it's like i guess if you, it's that old age old saying like if you could know what you know now and go back to being 16 like what right. would you yeah that's so true isn't it so like it's just like it's shitty that that's how it works but if you keep that perspective it makes life a lot more manageable i guess in my experience yeah yeah, well, I, guess I don't you, know if that was a rant, my bad. No, no, that's, no, that's right. And I, I think you hit a certain point where you're kind of receptive and, and you kind of understand things a little bit better. And I think going forward from that point where you kind of realize that things are a little bit better, I guess. Yeah, I mean, all things like let's like being on. If I'm sitting like down by myself and I just and I just kind of elevated myself and I'm having deep thought, like. I'm a much better person now than I was before I got hit by a rocket. And like, if like, if I can convey that to people and help them understand without having to go through such a shitty fucking experience to get there, then I think that's a win, you know? So that's just like, I don't know. I guess that's like growing up, like your parents tell you not to do shit and you do it anyway. And then it blows up in your fucking face and they were right. Right. Yeah. Like, I I can't wait to sit back and be like, I told him he's a fucking, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, and just um, like back to what you were saying there, what if you don't mind me asking, what was your sort of lowest point? And I know we've, you know, obviously the injury and stuff, but usually you find it's it's after that, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the transitioning was the hard part. Like I, like I was in in and out of like uh, relative consciousness, or like I don't know. Like I remember bits and pieces. It was like four months, and I had I had ended up having like fifty two surgeries and fifty plus blood transfusions and. All of that. So, like, the hospital was actually pretty easy because I didn't understand the gravity of my injury. Like, I knew my leg was gone when I was on the ground. Like, I still kind of, like, tried to coordinate the battle and, you know, work with soldiers and give orders, even though my leg was, like, off and over there. Um, so it was, like, that situation where I knew it was gone, and I kind of immediately – I even joked in my head, like, well, that, that the fucking leg's gone. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. So that was almost dealt with immediately, like – uh, the hard part was coming home and then like, you know, when brute force is like the cornerstone of how you lived your life and it's never let you down and you've been successful in sports and athletics and, the, and physically, you know, for the most part in life, like, uh, when it's not there anymore, it's, it's like, uh, it's really hard to learn finesse with one leg. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the frustration, it's like people don't realize that like like I have like I'm morally against suicide. It's fucking. It's never gonna be my answer. Like if if I'm found dead, it's because I slipped in the shower. I was fucking pushed while and murdered. And look, see who gets the insurance. You know what I mean? But yeah. but like but like I have friends that have done it, and like I've understood like from some perspective of like their injury or coping or dealing. It's it's just life's inherently hard and like now it's that much harder and it's not that they hate their life or the situation they're in. They're just tired of everything being so hard. So it's like, it's hard to like fault somebody. Like when a 90 year old guy goes, I'm just exhausted and ready to go. People don't say, Oh, you're a fucking quitter, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so why do that to a 23 year old kid that's got no arms or legs or fucking, you know, his dick's gone or whatever his personal situation or his battle that he's tired of dealing with is like, it's not our place, but it sucks that we're also there as a culture, you know? Yeah. And they say, I mean, this is something that's been going on in the UK and I know, I don't know what your thoughts are in the, in the US as well, but a lot of the time, um, especially with the PTSD being thrown into things is that generally, and I don't know why it's this more definitive 
in our sort of young male culture, but the suicide rates in young males has always been high in the UK. And I don't know whether it's because they get to a point and they just, they have that mechanism that says, fuck it, I'm doing it. And then, do you know, without kind uh, of um, thinking, I don't know how, yeah, how it sort I've, of happens. I've, I mean, I've, I've been there. I mean, I, I think most guys have. Like, I didn't, I didn't even own uh, a firearm for shit six years after, like, dealing with it all just because i got to a point where that was like a viable option yeah and that's a mistake on my part that i i freely admit and own up to but at the same time like uh you know guys drink i was never a big drinker guys drink or guys get into a situation where you know they're having a bad day and a bad day turns into a bad week and then you know it just snowballs, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? It's it's and and everything looks fucking shitty from the bottom, and most of us find ourselves at the bottom, and the climb is always so fucking arduous. Like yeah. you have that one bad day where you slip or it doesn't work out, or I had a soldier that was on my patrol that couldn't get his pills and prescriptions and for like a month, and finally driving to the place, he gets pulled over, looks at the cop, and he commits suicide because he hadn't had proper fucking care for fucking six weeks. And like, this is, this is like an everyday event for veterans. And like when these guys are E threes and E fours and they're, they're trained to just execute and not necessarily question, you know, like if, if a doctor is a person of authority and it tells them, gives them a direct order, like they're going to follow it because that's what they've been told and trained and fucking programmed to do. And it's costing people's lives because these people don't really legitimately put Yeah, and, that, and that's just, I mean, it's almost like unforgivable, isn't it, when you hear a story like that of... Well, it's it wouldn't be, un, it would be forgivable if it was a, a singular event, but the fact that we deal with yeah, this... Yeah, it's reoccurring, yeah. This, like, that's gross negligence. Like, if these yeah. were, like, rich white fucking kids or fucking politicians' children or fucking... NFL players' kids, we'd be fucking having a different conversation. But these are like people, like generation, like these are people that come from families that are used to dealing with hard shit because their families yeah. were military. You know what I mean? Like it's just part of the sacrifice, and 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 people outside of that bubble don't get it, and and we're struggling within to cope with it. Right, and you know, Chantel, I'm I'm curious, like over here in the states, you know, you hear a lot about the. 22 veterans a day committing suicide. You know, I think some people understand that that's not the accurate number because of the way they, they gather. It's across, yeah, across right. the board, yeah. What is, is there a number in the UK that, that's... No, they, have they haven't released them. So I don't want to, you know, speculate, but I know, um, I know the number is relatively high because of all the sort of agencies that I, I do some work for, but they haven't actually <coughs> released definitive, um, definitive numbers. Right. Which you know, I don't. I don't even want to speculate, but you you know what it's going to be like. It'll Dude, come out. Are, veteran, are veterans in the UK having access to medical marijuana? Are they? Are they like? As I know, Dude, Europe has a completely different approach to drugs than the US. Yeah, not not that I know of, Derek. I've never actually. I've not heard of anything to do with them. Um, but I've heard a lot from the states, and it does, it sounds like it's doing really well. So well, it's doing well for the veterans, but it's still yeah. illegal as fuck. So it's a problem. Yeah. yeah, but it's still. I mean, that's the thing. If if they can kind of change that, that would be. Well, it's it's interesting how it all ties in because if if you look at you know with, with the the VA you know if people are actually getting to see doctors and that kind of thing, they kind of just throw pills at the the issue. And, yeah, see and pills. Yeah, make four dollars a pill, and if you're taking twenty of them, do the fucking math. Right. Yeah, 
and and it becomes a you know a for profit kind of thing because I know a lot of veterans who said once they got off the pills and they tried other things you know they were able to improve their conditions and oh I take I went from like twenty seven pills I take. I take aspirin daily. I take uh, a blood thinner because I'm missing 50% of my right thigh. Um, so I have poor venous return to my leg daily uh, yeah. to prevent blood clots. And then other than that, that's I'm taking two versus 27. And then right. what I do is I'll pack a pipe. And then like if I have to, if I have to do something that's going to trigger, like be it cause anxiety, or if I need to relax, or if I'm if I'm having a moment. You take a hit or two, and then you go about your fucking business. You know what I mean? Like, people confuse like what being like 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 a smoker is. Like, smoker doesn't mean you're just getting stoned out of your mind and watching TV and eating pizza. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Like, cool. Like, everybody has those moments. Like, called Sundays. You know what I mean? Um, Saturdays, if you're, I don't know, a different religion. Um, anyway. <laughs> You got to cover all the bases, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but like, this is the world we live in. You can't tax it. You can't regulate it. And like, you're going from you, you know, tw- uh, twenty-seven four-dollar pills a day to two hundred bucks worth of pot a month. Like, like someone's eating a lot of profit there, and it's not right. the it's not the, it's not the veterans, and it's not the government. So, right. you know, what you said, that's the problem. Like you said, they, you know, those big. Big pharmaceutical companies—they're paying off politicians on both sides. They're so. paying everybody. I yeah. mean, and, and, and even if they're not paying people off, they're 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 making it very very hard to, to sustain a campaign or or or, pro, or or a business within a niche without heavy influence. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so what's that? Is, is there someone sort of? Are they championing this cause? Who's who's sort of taking the? America lead doesn't on it, you know what the fuck's going on right now with anything. <laughs> Half the states are like this is our business. Federal government's like fuck you. Like the attorney general's like a medical pot's okay, but recreational's garbage. And states are like, what about being a Republican and individual rights and states' rights? And they're like, just kidding. And then like, and then like Donald Trump tweets something about Snoop Dogg, and Snoop Dogg puts out a stupid video. And then like little Bow Wow's thirty all of the sudden. And this is the world we fucking live in. This is the world that we fucking live in. Like I, I was watching Donald Trump really on the news. Bless him. Take these people serious sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's. I felt like uh, there was some progress being made uh, the last eight years under Obama and in, in, in the kind of medical marijuana, recreational marijuana world. But the new attorney general seems like he's not really with any. Yeah, I don't think he's he's not down for rec. He seems no. to be okay with medical, like. Obama's administration, like, sure, you got to give him props for the medical stuff. He let it happen. And, like, that's probably, like, one of the few things I'll say positive about the administration. And I think Obama's an awesome person. I've, like, had a conversation with him. I met him a couple times. Like, I just didn't agree with how he went about business as a politician. Like, that's it. You know, like, I can disagree with somebody and still have a fucking beer with him. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, That being said, like... I'm not going to get uh, – that's about all they did right as far as, like, you know, the, helping veterans out. And, like, I don't think the states that have already made – crossed that bridge are going to go back without a fight. And you're going to lose a lot of support, especially in the GOP, if you push too hard. Right. right so, because, like, right. I think you're just going to end up having to, like – there's 10 percent of the population is a veteran. And, like, that's a huge Republican block. And they're going to want at least medical. So there's going to be some middle ground. You know what I mean? 
So I don't sweat it too much. I just think it's bullshit. We have to go through a process to get there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of interesting when it comes from Republicans because they're supposed to be about, you know, states' rights and individual Bro, rights. Bro, Republicans you know? don't know what a Republican is anymore. Like, how are you going to be pro, pro-individual pro rights for guns but against individual rights for abortion? Like, I, it's... Right. Yeah, I get what you're saying, but it's still an individual right. Just like if you're gay and you're anti-guns, like it doesn't make sense because you want individual rights for marriage, but not gun owners. Like, what, what is it? You right. know what I mean? and, and yeah, it's like a double standard, isn't it? Yeah. It's like you guys yeah. have problems in the UK. Yeah, like, God, yeah. Problems? Okay. No, no, we're, we're exactly. Well, I think we're all kind of in the a little tiny little bit of the same boat at the minute, aren't we? It We've had huge up. changes. You, you know, you're the same. But at least our two um, our two premiers are getting on okay. Yeah. You know, that was almost like a relief because I always get this, the same sort of stuff here about um, Donald Trump. And, and regardless of you know, some of the stuff that he does that you kind of think, fucking hell, what's he doing? Yeah. I don't think underneath, he's, he's not got, he doesn't sit there. He's not got like terrible thoughts in his head. He's just yeah. sometimes potentially just needs to be guided. You know, and, and and the thing is, he's still there. He's in that position. So yeah. Well, you know, but he just fucking get on with it and hope that he do, that it works. You know, you know, that, no, I think some of his 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 kind of jazz is is that he was successful for so many years and literally like he was the boss for for you know at least forty years. Yeah, and I think he got used to kind of doing things a certain way and doing I, his hair a certain way. Is doing his hair a Sorry. certain way. Yeah. Just say whatever the fuck you want. Right, <laughs> and I think and then once you you make that switch into public service. Things are a little bit different, and I think yeah. he's he's probably having a little bit of a a, a bit yeah. of a hard time adjusting to some of it, and I think he will eventually. But he's yeah. just doing it on the world stage, <laughs> well, and that's the problem. Like, hey, bro, yeah. like, do you get your shit together so Americans stop looking like even bigger assholes? Yeah, yeah. Like, and like, look, if George Bush can throw up on the Japanese fucking prime minister, like, we'll be okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, we'll recover. But like, at yeah. the same time, Trump needs to stop making it really easy for everybody to be like, holy fucking shit. Yeah, to attack him because I, I think underneath he's got, he's got, he's got all the the right things. In he's his, like in George his heart. Bush. Yeah, like Dick Cheney's the problem. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. So like, if if he means well, that's awesome. As long as he's got the right people in place. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure the fucking ex CEO of Boardman Sachs or Goldman Sachs is your best choice for fucking the Fed, bro. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I'm not a I'm not a fan of uh, what's his face, um, Bannon. Oh, I uh, do. All right. Yeah, I've heard about him. Yeah, I don't even like I like. Somebody will shoot him if he fucks up too bad. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Like, that's all I can say about it. Like, he, he's in the position he's in. Like, he's got to have a talent somewhere. You can't just be a no-talent ass clown and make it in the world. Like, he's got a talent. We'll figure out what it is eventually. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I think he, he did a big, in terms of, like, helping the campaign and strategy, I think he was, like, pivotal for that. But I don't think it's a it's like a wise idea to kind of put a political kind of dude in for national security stuff. You know what I mean, bro? Our generals are politicians, man. Like, like, right, right, right. like we we we've turned this into a world where like dudes can't talk to a captain anymore at Congress. They want to talk to a general. So now we have five hundred fucking generals. Like, it's like <laughs> that's not the right answer. Like. Like it's gotten to the point where America doesn't need more money. We just need to adjust the efficiency at which we 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 are already of the money we are already spending. 
Right. We just need to like just yeah. start telling. We need to start hurting motherfuckers' feelings. Like if you've been on the, a certain program for twenty years and it's obvious that you're a habitual abuser, like someone's gonna be like, "Hey, I'm sorry. It's time to like like grow up." You know, yeah. like there's no accountability in the world, and that's true for London, uh, the UK, apparently. Yeah, now. We, like, yeah, and we have this thing where it, it, people have actually began. They kind of live their lives like that, and that's that's their life. They live off the the system, which you know, if, if they actually. Um, did sort of proper investigations and 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 got people to actually be held accountable for their their stuff. We'd be in a, a great position financially. Sure, it's but not, I understand people have got yeah. needs. You know, there's some people yeah. that have got issues. That's fine, but there's there's far too many that that haven't that are sort of abusing the system. Yeah, right. There's a difference between using and abusing. Yeah, yeah. like you know, I mean, I don't know. This is where you insert cocaine joke and then like. Rates out, but it'll probably get edited out anyway. So fuck it. No, that's the thing. John doesn't edit. So <laughs> oh wow, well, shit! I just fucking yeah. I'm gonna miss on a cocaine joke, <laughs> which I've never done. But it is what it is. Yeah. I don't like. I don't even think drugs are fun after Dilaudid anymore. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's just like every time I go to a I'm like Dilaudid, like yeah, and you're like, here we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember with like I like I like to kind of fuck around with the doctors a little bit. Like I remember when I was getting in and out of the surgeries, I put a sock puppet on my hand and like made one of the surgeons talk to the sock puppet instead of me. <laughs> and he ended up like flipping his shit and getting really fucking pissed off. And like I drew a bow tie on it and everything. Um, <laughs> what are you doing then, now, Derek? What's your thing? I know you obviously. I when I when I first saw you, you were doing stuff with Disciples of Iron. What's Oh yeah. What's and, new? Um, I just started working with the Black Rifle Coffee guys. Uh, like, yeah, they're cool. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. They've just come to the UK. They're with the Hereford Kit Company, I believe. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. they're 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 gonna they're growing, expanding. Those guys are awesome, and they it's they, great, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice when you got good dudes that don't mind stepping up to be the leaders of a of a of a of a demographic that's kind of been going without. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and there's a lot of bullshit that comes with that, and they're handling it really well. And, and I think people are catching on to the fact that they legitimately give a shit. So it's working with those guys. And then um, uh, Condition One, the, another veteran-owned company, um, just got picked up with, uh, with a nutritional company that hasn't been released yet. I mean, I'm just doing – like since I tore my bicep at a charity event in January and had the surgery last month, like it's recovery this year, focused on networking and advocating more for like medical marijuana, running teams, Team Some Assembly Required is my nonprofit yeah. and kind of just getting established somewhere for like longer-term goals until next year when I can go back to fucking hurting people's feelings. <laughs> so – like it's just crazy. My life is just basically running nonprofits and like l- lifting weights. Yeah. That's a, but that's quite cool, isn't it? That's quite cool. Yeah, and and I, I want to kind of get into Existence. that. Like with your, you know, with your injuries and everything, how has that like worked out for you? Have, has it been a huge adjustment, or or has it, you know has it benefited you? You know, I, I mean, I'm a better person for it. And let's be honest, man. If I wasn't a one legged army captain that like was also the world's strongest cripple like we wouldn't be having a podcast right now you know so it's one of those things where we're like yeah it's a shitty experience it's a shitty day but the leg isn't like what i take away regretting the most from that day so like this is an easy adjustment to like you know growing up with the situation i had growing up my mom being my primary role model and watching her like sacrifice and go through life and like fucking make hard decisions like 
this was just another fucking thing that you dealt with and moved on from, you know? And the only thing, the only difference between what I'm doing now and what I did before is like before I was deadlifting 600 pounds on two legs and now I'm doing it on one. So yeah, it's, I mean, I wouldn't be here today with the opportunities I have with, if I had two legs. So I got to appreciate that, but I don't think my leg defines, like I was an asshole before I lost my leg too. You know, <laughs> like that's the truth. Like, like oh, he's like that because he lost his leg. My mom's like, no, 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 birth. <laughs> it's like that because of birth. You know what I mean? No, but it, and I, I know you, you're probably going to make a joke about it, but ever since that picture was released, the one of you on the Iron's um, Disciples of Iron, yeah, with you, you know, you you inspire a lot of people. You know, and I know you're going to, you'll make a joke because no one really likes to be told that, but you really do. And I know that a lot of, you know, a lot of guys look at that and they, they've either counted themselves, you know, lucky to be here and, and then you sort of use your inspiration to push themselves on. And that's, I think that's what it's all about, isn't it? And that's what you've done. So that's not a bad thing. Yeah, no. And I mean, I'll skip the joke and the bullshit and the deflection, <laughs> but like, yeah, that's the intent. Like, I already, I already kind of made peace with the fact that I wasn't going to be the guy that, like, changed the world or cured cancer or wins the next world war or gets elected president. But that doesn't mean I can't be the guy that sparks the mind of the guy that does all that shit. You know what exactly. I mean? So, yeah, like, it's amazing. You never know. Like, Einstein was, like, probably one of the greatest scientific minds uh, to ever exist, and somebody sparked him to become that person. It might have just been a fucking janitor, and no one will ever know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and you know how hard it is to get a Goodwill hunting reference on a podcast like that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to bring up Crapper. I thought you were going to bring Crapper up again. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, people don't know who John D. Crapper was, though. <laughs> Maybe you can end on that little story, yeah. that little discussion. <laughs> well, this dude that invented the toilet, you're welcome. And I don't know if the queen had that. When she, she's 91. So, like, I think... Rappers were invented around that time, but it wasn't like I was because I got bored. South Yorkshire is a place in the UK, right? I love the way you all say that. You say Yorkshire, or there's other, you know, um, like Birmingham, and we would say like Birmingham or Yorkshire. Okay, yeah, we like to pronunci- that's right. <laughs> we like to pronunciate. The, the- <laughs> I don't even call it, I don't even call it English anymore because, like, if I was a British person and like. America was fucking my language up by the creation of things like YOLO. Like, I'd be like, that's not English. Yeah, fuck you guys. I just tell American. I'm like, I, I speak American because it <laughs> makes sense to us. So, yeah. like, if you, like, speaking American English, I was going off on a tangent real quick. But uh, I don't know. I lost it. I'm sorry. No, it's cool. No, I, no, I lost <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I'm I, so up in this this piece right here. You know what I mean? I was talking to a a, a, shit. a British military guy, and and we were talking, we were talking, we were talking about the podcast. And I'm like, yeah, a, a lot of my audience they they really dig the British accents. And he goes, wait a minute, it's you guys who have the accent. Yeah, see, and that's what I don't get. Like, I don't know. I like that. Yeah, it's true, but it's it's interesting, isn't it? It always seems to. I, I like I've, I've worked with Americans a lot, and you know when I'd left the military, I went into the sort of contracting cycle, and it, we used to just have hours of fun, different words, everything. Say this, say aluminium. You know, I'd say that like ten times a day. Alu- yeah. Aluminum. Yeah, so I would say, and obviously I'd say it correctly. Aluminum. <laughs> no. Wait, how do you say it? 
aluminium. Yeah, no one says that. No, that's not real. Not, I've never said that in my life. That's like Dude, super, see, you're, that's you're speaking American English. That's why you don't right. say it. But like, that's what comes with the benefit of being the world's greatest superpower. You can <laughs> make shit up to your own <laughs> desires. You know what I mean? Like, sorry, the sunset on part of the British Empire. Now it's America. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the petty shit talking. I don't really get it. You know what I mean? Right, so look, I want to let's let's um, talk about this uh, the crapper story because it was funny. Oh, this yeah. was something that Derek we spoke about just before we went on air. So we have to. Well, if you when we come into the end, we can end with that. It's cool. Well, we got to preface it with that we were talking about the Queen being ninety one yeah. years old and like when she was born, and that makes her born in like the nineteen thirties, right? So like we were debating when the crapper, which is the first <laughs> toilet, like John D. Crapper invented it, and it was the fucking gravity fed toilet <laughs> and like they didn't have those in fucking palaces and she's been a queen you know what i mean like they're still for sale i think without active plumbing and some of that shit like it's amazing really? so like who wipes the queen's ass <laughs> is it still in an outhouse like there's no fucking way if i'm a king i'm not getting up out of bed walking out of my palace to go shit like and like but it's 2017. I'm not doing it in a bucket either, like on Game of Thrones style. Like it's, I'm not there either. <laughs> so just so everyone, this is this was the conversation that we first that I obviously first spoke to Derek with. This is what we discussed. Yeah, this was our opener because this is our intro. <laughs> yeah, it blows my mind. Like the, the the British people's like approach to the royal family, but I guess we have the Kardashians, so you guys win. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, what? Uh, I'd like to. I'd like to think ours is slightly more refined than the, than the Kardashians. No, but absolutely. I would, no, like you guys absolutely win. Like we're taking the lots for that one. <laughs> like that's that's the unfortunate state of affairs in the states. Okay. Like it's still two, cool though. Like Nineteen million fucking followers on Instagram. Or yeah, something. I, it's craziness, that isn't it? Mind, man. Even that chick, um, the 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 catch me outside chick. She's oh like, God, she got dude. like six million followers, and she's like balling out. I mean, I, I, you know, it's cool. I think it's cool that people can make money, but I think it's that, it's, it's not cool that stupid people are. Yeah, making like the, the method of it is like, come on, man. Like, what? and no, because what happens as well? They get to a point where they're tired of being stupid. So all of a sudden, take me seriously. You know, oh, like, like, oh, like, like, like yeah. bow wow with calling out. <laughs> you're like, wow. You're like, okay, you're 30 and you made your money <laughs> being a nine year old rapping about yeah. middle school, bro. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> like, I can't take you serious. <laughs> like, that's cool that you, you're like rich, but like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Intelligent. Like, you know what I mean? Like, your uncle's an icon. You're just a dude that like had a, like a catchy beat in the 90s when you were nine. Like, let it go. Yeah, seriously, man. It's like you know, you, you find all these, um, and and I'm not about like telling people what they do with their money, but no, you know, you you, I feel like there's so much better uses and things you could be doing. You know, like if you have a platform like that, use it to help real fucking people. Don't yeah. like he has like millions of followers. Like use it to help fucking educate motherfuckers and like actually cross bridges and build bridges. Don't like. Go on yeah. Twitter and talking about fucking pimping out the president's wife, dude. Yeah. Like, oh wow. Holy shit, you're a fucking moron. Yeah. And like, is, it's that, just, is that what this kid did? It's well, it's Snoop Dogg's nephew, and Snoop Dogg oh, did a music video where he shot uh, someone that looked like the president, had the president's likely likeness in a clown costume. So it's like 
He, like, we fired a rodeo clown in Oklahoma for wearing Obama mask during a rodeo, but Snoop Dogg can make a video where he's assassin- shooting the pre- a, 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 a figure, like, a president-like figure. Like, it's, it's obviously Donald Trump in a clown costume. And I get the yeah. metaphor and shit, but, like, how about common fucking sense and basic respect? Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's what pisses people off, and that's the disconnect in these communities right now. Is like the basic level of respect expected and being received is just that's the left and right conundrum in the U.S. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody wants to give. No one wants to be reasonable. Well, yeah, that's the problem. It's like being reasonable is difficult these days, man. Well, and if you try to be reasonable, someone takes advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you think it's a, yeah? And it's a, it's a strange because you just I wonder where it's going to end. You know, I, revolution, kind of a, fucking chaos, and disaster. that's that's the, that's where it could. I mean, people think that things like that could never happen in this day and age, but they uh, really uh, could. You know, they, I, I, I'm sure the Romans thought their empire would never fall. And I'm right. sure exactly, yeah. Hundred years ago, the Brits would laugh in your face if they were yeah. The they thro- they throw tea yeah. in your face. Right, it's a cup of tea over you. So, like people, and like what people don't realize is like, oh, but that took hundreds or thousands of years. It's like, yeah, but they didn't have technology advancing at, at fucking double its capacity yeah. in nine months. Like we're like we're not talking fucking steamboats to fucking railroad tracks. We're talking like electricity to computers in less than a hundred years. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, holy shit, what's next? Yeah. So, like, no, it's, it's, it's concerning times, isn't it? But I think. It, do you know, within our sort of communities, at least, because we always know that the wor- if, if the worst happens, for us, it's not a problem to step up, because that, that's basically what everyone's been doing for the last what? 20, 30 years. But at least in our communities, I think we, we, I'm quite happy that we are making a difference, you know, by, by just cracking on with what, with what we need to do, you know, not being as sort of sh- short-sighted as these people that are sort of roaming the earth at the moment. Yeah, but at the same time, you can like you got dudes coming back, getting torn up, and then getting treated like shit. And then you have these same people that are gonna ask, they're gonna ask us to step up again when shit hits the fan again, just because it happens in their backyard. Like my yeah, problem yeah. is, is like no Which one. Is what happened, you got two ways to look at it. Like no one gives a shit about the the guy at the door until the fucking enemy's at the gates. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or what happens when all the angels are gone? Like. Like that's what people don't understand. What like what happens when there's no more people to stand between them and the fucking rest of the world because we're dead or it's non existent or shit hit the fan or they stop giving a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's but that's the, what people aren't ready for. But I don't think they even see that. I don't think I think there's there's this thing with that they always see the sort of brighter side of humanity and because they haven't been down those sort of dark roads and and actually seeing what happens, like in in real times, that really you know you don't really see that much on the news of the reality of these people that are out there. They, oh. I, I was I think they're in a naive kind of situation where no, it'll all be okay, and and that's how they sort of go about their lives. It's a weird, it's a weird disconnect. And, 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 and the awakening is going to be if things escalate with Russia or the Middle East or whatever yeah. nonsense scenario we get into, and women's names are in the draft, and we bring it back. You think millennials and these snowflakes are pissed now? What happens when they're like, "Oh, you wanted equality, motherfuckers? Here's what it looks like. Here's your number. It's time to go," and they melt yeah. down. You right. know what I mean? 
there's no more excuses. Like you wanted equality, here it is, and they're not ready. Yeah, for it. they're not. Or, ready. or conscription comes back, where you ha- you know there's no choice anymore. Yeah, you know, you're, you're fucking. There's your gun off your pot. Military, like the, people aren't ready for that, and that's yeah. where we're going if they don't get their shit together. And that's the bottom line. Like that's and that's the truth of it all. If people don't start making hard decisions and sacrifices, like well, that's where we're going, and that's going to be the world we live in, and that's the world they they thought they wanted. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, part of the part of the issue is is that in terms of that is such a small number of, of citizens here, and and I'm gonna assume it's similar in the UK. If I'm wrong, correct me. But a small number of people have gone off to fight wars, and then within that small percentage, a lot of those people have gone multiple times. So you have such a small number of people who have done this, you know, war fighting thing. And and then there's a disconnect between the rest of society. I mean, I, I don't know the exact numbers. You know, I've, I've seen them before, but it's like... I think the U.S. is at 0.5%. Yeah, like something crazy. And and then... And, and that's just for war fighters or veterans? I think that's people in combat zones, man. Okay, so... So that's even smaller because some dudes go go and don't ever see combat. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. I don't know who that. Like some people are deployed if they're at Nellis flying fucking drones. So I don't even like the like, statistics are so like fucking weird. Yeah. Like I don't. I assume that if you're look if you're in the military between 2001 and fucking present day, like I'm going to assume that like you've gone to a combat zone, but I'm not going to assume that you've been in combat. You know what I mean? So it just depends on when, where, and what they were doing. You know, if you're a Marine in Fallujah, you've probably been in fucking combat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, so, and but with that that small percentage, it it really makes a like a disconnect. I mean, now, you know, compared to like Vietnam, you know, th- those dudes got a raw deal because people directed their kind of hate for what was happening towards the military men serving. Yeah, and those guys are the ones making sure that shit doesn't happen now. Like, shout out to all the Vietnam vets. Like, yeah. those dudes take care of the Afghan and Iraqi dudes because, like, if we yeah, had I, I can't shit, believe that that happens. Yeah. Oh my god, if that happened nowadays, if somebody ever spit on a soldier in America, I mean, right? Oh my god, you'd you'd be done. <laughs> like, in, I mean, it's, when the cops showed up, like the cops would take a pause, let them continue to kick the shit out of you, and then yeah. when it stopped, the cops yeah. were like, "Oh, I saw him fall too." Yeah, he fell. And then he'd go to jail for falling in public and blood going everywhere. Yeah, exactly. so I just that, feel for that guy. Yeah, and and you know what? If you think about the horrors that they went through in Vietnam, to think like one of those soldiers came back and got some, it just. I just, I can't sort of get it in my head to think that who would think that that was okay. Yeah, it's same. The same bullshit goes on now. The same people that think it's okay to picket soldiers' fucking funeral. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that, and it, it's crazy. the same people think it's okay to fucking riot because they didn't get their way in a court decision. I don't like. There's no consequences or accountability for bullshit in America. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing that, is considered like just because you can doesn't mean you should. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like and like. People just don't use common sense anymore. Like I don't, I, I don't go for walks in downtown Detroit at three in the morning. I feel comfortable doing it, but I don't make it a regular thing. Yeah, it's just not a good idea. idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like come on, common sense, people. Nice. Sorry, anyway, I'm sorry. That was probably a tangent or a rant. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so it's 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 all good stuff, man. And and Derek, you, you know, I I don't think people realize it at times, you know, with the having the the following on social media and that kind of thing. But you know, you really do inspire a lot of people, and, and I yeah, see you it. do. And um, you know, we want you to continue, obviously. And you know, I feel like you're gonna continue doing what you're doing. Is there any um, social media website or anything you want people who are listening to go and check you out at? Uh, yeah, I mean, Instagram is my primary platform, and that's just Derek underscore Carver, D-E-R-I-C-K underscore Carver. And then uh, Team Some Assembly Required, all spelled out. Um, that's my nonprofit. I found it with my buddy Dale after I lost my leg. We started doing uh, – that was the first amputee to work, uh, do the Arnold CrossFit um, a couple like five years ago, and now we have teams. We have some uh, high level athletes and CrossFit powerlifting, and send them all over the place, and that's a good cause. So, like, if people are like, "Hey, what charity should I donate to?" That one, you know what I mean? Like, okay, just stop okay. asking. Just one on that, Derek. Do you have do you have um, British counterparts on that one? So we started to go that way, but I'll be honest, like it, like there's one or two people that we would work with, and if I knew more people, I would be open to it. And we want to start a uh, like a allied team, you know, yeah. and do kind of like a like I don't know, we'll call it the Revolutionary War or something, and like do cross inter, uh, competitions back and forth, but like. We're having a hard time getting in touch with the right people. Well, if you're happy, I mean, I know quite a few people through like my time in the military. So, if you're happy, um, at some point over the weekend, I'll I'll um, get your details off John and maybe push some people your way. Yeah, even, just so you can start chatting. I mean, even if we just had athletes and we couldn't put together a whole team, like we exactly, like to yeah, put more people on our team and do larger events, and we're going to have a larger presence in Europe next year. Yeah. So like that's uh, part of the program, and like that's really just to help dudes out. Like, like you know, who am I to feel sorry for myself for missing a leg when there's like a kid that's five years younger than me that didn't have the same opportunities that's missing both legs or both arms or you know. So it's like helping yeah. dudes like that out, kind of like still figure figure out a way to do what they love. You know. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. Yeah, and we're competitive, so that's nice. And you didn't, and you didn't look fat in that picture. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's my self-image issues. Everybody has them, right? Wait until my queen picture comes out. I'm gonna have to check that. Aren't I? Oh, John, hook me up with some filters. <laughs> the queen's gonna have first choice on all filters. No, but she always think... looks perfect. That's because because it's the queen. She just always looks like the queen. So there's no. Did she have the crown on? No. <laughs> Do you want me to say she had the crown on? No, oh, I mean that's kind of like ruins it, though, doesn't it? I mean, I always like if I had a crown like that, I'd fuck that bitch. Yeah. She's she was that it was she was just so sweet. I, I, I was actually I'm you know I'm not sort of shy, but I was really overwhelmed when I saw her. I thought, fuck, what was she queen. She had pale blue on, so she had like a real smart, smart little coat hat. Is that a yeah? Dress? She was really yeah. She she always dresses the same sort of way, the same sort of um. Yeah, I, I feel like she wears the same. I outfit. see it's either Mary Poppins or a nightgown. Or like, <laughs> like there's gonna be British people next year at Worlds. Like, fuck you, Derek. Fuck you. Like, what the shit? I'm sorry. 
<laughs> They're just going to hear us. This is another one of those podcasts, like um, the Tyler Gray one, where we're just sort of laughing all the way through, and yeah. no one's for here. That's how it comes out. Everybody's smoking on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why like Joe Rogan shit's so good because you want to know how they pull it off for like three and a half hours. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I'm not sure. Like, podcast. Oh, my podcast with Joe Rogan would be forty five minutes. I'm like, bro, I'm not making it. <laughs> <laughs> we got to cover a lot of ground, homie. This is gonna be a quick interview. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's awesome. I appreciate it. And I mean, uh, did you, was there something else that we were going to bullshit about? Uh, no, I, th- I think we covered it. Yeah. I mean, I had a good time. Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah, no, really good to chat to you, Derek. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to totally creep you. <laughs> stuff, so. Yeah, I'm on, on it's Battleworn on um, Instagram. Uh, and it's, then, and what is it? It's called um, Battleworn. Okay. I'm and just, a little, it's at Alternate RV. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll share the podcast as well because I run the, the military page, which is Mission Critical, and that's got the same. You know, John and I work together on things like that, so we'll just when this one goes, it, it goes out to quite a lot of people, which is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, anything that helps kind of get it out there, yeah, someone can get into the get involved or needs help and comes yeah. our way. You know, we go out of our way to make sure dudes are taken care of the best we can. You know, yeah, it's brilliant. And the and the black rifle coffee will get that. I mean, not that that needs help, but it's um. Yeah, I mean, it can't hurt. And, you know, yeah. there's other things, too. People can go to my page. Everything that – all my sponsors and everybody I work with are people that I, I've known or used for a while. Like, you were talking about Disciples of Iron. That's Wes's apparel company. Like, I've never been sponsored by them, but Wes and I are personal buddies. And, like, yeah. that's, we've always kind of helped each other out. He was one of the first sponsors for Team Star. So it's like, you know, there's those, those kinds of relationships, too. So it's nice to have kind of a network, you yeah. know. Especially if somebody needs a job or if somebody needs help in a certain area, there's always somebody that knows some way to help. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, you. I appreciate you guys' time. No, you too. No, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks. And we'll chat to you later. Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. Bye. Peace, brother. Bye. Great perspective and great energy from Derek. You know, I can see why people are inspired by him, you know, being everything that he's gone through with losing his leg and. And having to overcome that to being able to work out and be in top-notch physical shape, working around an an injury like that. And then, you know, some of the work that he's doing advocating for medical marijuana for veterans and, you know, it's all good stuff, man. And we may have Derek back on the podcast, potentially uh, co-hosting some episodes. So look out for that. Like I said, he has great energy and it's always good to be able to get perspective from individuals like that. Um, aside from that, we have been putting out articles for the last two weeks. So go to the website. When you get to the website, there'll be a pop-up and uh, you can opt into the email list and we'll send you updates for uh, our recent podcast articles and as well as sending you updates on new product information and that kind of thing. Shortly, um, I'm going to be working with a company on um, preparing people for special operations selection. You know, whether you're in uh, the UK, you're in Canada, you're in the US, Australia, any of these uh, 5i nations, 
and and you're looking to get into a unit that specialized, whether it's a diver, it's a Navy SEAL, it's a Marine, whatever it is, uh, this company and this gentleman uh, by the name of Wes Kennedy runs a very good and successful program on helping people uh, get into these units and pass and uh, selection. So, you know, there's been hundreds of success stories uh, from this, from, you know, globally and what you know, I always have been into fitness and, and health and uh, being fit. But what West brings is really invaluable, especially for some of the audience, uh, younger people looking to join the military or guys who are already in the military and want to get into these units. So uh, maybe by next week, I'll have a link up on my website where you could sign up for a program and get coaching from Wes and, and it'll really help take your mindset and your physical ability to the next level so be on the lookout for that before it goes up obviously i'll talk about it we'll post about it um it was great having derek on like i said we'll probably have him back on in the future uh once again i want to send my condolences out to everyone who uh the the four the three people who were killed in london the fourth person was the attacker um one was a police officer and and this guy really did a, a cowardly thing by uh, you know, attacking people, you know, it's just, it's incredible, man. But, you know, that is the reality that we live in. And like I said, everyone just be prepared as, as prepared as you can, you know, take uh, hand-in-hand combat cor- uh, classes, take uh, TCCC uh, courses, uh, learn about bleeding control, you know, learn how to use a tourniquet. And if you have access to firearms, learn how to use them as well. And that could, you know, make the difference in a, in a situation like that. So uh, check out my website. It's globalrecon.net. Be sure to subscribe, sign up to the emailing list. And that way you'll be ahead of the curve when it comes to new content that we have coming out. Uh, my Instagram account is IGRecon. Give me a follow on there. The second account is Black Ops Matter. I'm also on Mission Underscore Critical. It's an account owned by Chantel Taylor. I post and she posts different things as well. I'm on Facebook at FB Recon. I'm on Twitter at IG Recon. And I'm on LinkedIn. Just search Global Recon. Check out the articles. We've got great content coming for you guys. And um, we'll see you in a couple of days with another episode. Peace. Peace.